0: Welcome to the Avanti Woman podcast, each episode, each conversation. We aim to empower, connect, and build women to move forward, feel confident and thrive in healthcare, finance, entrepreneurship, and philanthropy. We're glad you're here. Hello everyone, Nairi and Sarah here with the Avanti Woman and welcome to our podcast. Today's episode is the third in a series on women entrepreneurs from different walks of life and their success stories. I'm excited to have with us one beautiful, eccentric, and visionary woman, entrepreneur, founder, and CEO of Sia Brands, Miriam Sia. Welcome Miriam. how are you?
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me today.
2: Welcome, we're so excited to have you Mariam.
0: We're so excited to have you here, Mariam, and we're really, really inspired and looking forward to hearing your story. So, tell us where are you from? Where were you born? When did you come here? Give us a little bit of background, and let us understand, you know, your past, present, and how you actually became this phenomenal entrepreneur. <laughs>
1: Thank you so much. Yeah, so I'm Iranian. Um, I was born in Iran, Tehr- Tehran, Iran, and I came here during right in during the revolution when it first started, like in the early '80s. Um, came here in '83 or no, I'm sorry, '85, I believe, and I was um, four years old. So I probably have the math wrong. Maybe it was '86. Mm-hmm. Um, but I came here when I was four and that was during the time when they weren't even giving any visas out to anyone to come out of the country. And we just got super lucky. My mom, my dad sent my mom and I to Turkey to see if we can get a visa and they weren't giving anybody any visas. And I was maybe like two years old at that time. And we went into the embassy, And the lady looked at my mom out of a huge crowd of like maybe thousands of people waiting to see if they can get visas. And she pulled my mom aside and said, come with me and took her up to the front and asked to see, asked to pick me up to see and look at my eyes for some odd reason. So my mom picks me up and she looks over at me and she says, why do you want to go to America Um, with your daughter and she said I just need I want a better future for my daughter like I don't want her to grow up here during this war and everything that's going on and so the lady looked at me and she said oh her eyes are so beautiful and stamped her um, visa and said welcome to America and it was just such a crazy moment because nothing made sense as to why my mom was chosen out of that crowd, except for the love of God and, and His grace, I think.
0: Divine <laughs> um, intervention.
1: Totally, totally. And it was just meant to be for us to, to be here and, and for me to be here. And so I'm very grateful for that um, opportunity to come here. Um, but when, one, when we did move here, you know, my dad was still in Iran, couldn't get out of the country um, for a while. So it was just me and my mom living with my aunt um, for like a year or so. And then my dad finally made his way here. Um, And then it was just a struggle, like that immigrant life of, you know, your parents are struggling to survive and um, starting over, you know, and not a lot of attention on the children. And as an only child, um, there just wasn't a lot of attention on me. Um, it was more about, you know, them working and putting food on the table and just surviving. So it was much more of a survival mode, I guess you could say. And like, so I, I was always very creative as a child and just being an only child. um, I think that was my outlet was just creativity and you know, I would sit in my room and just draw all day, or I would, my would...
2: <laughs> and my imagination would... was exploding at that time, probably.
1: Absolutely, totally. And my mom was an artist, too. So I would watch her paint and draw. And so I wanted to be just like her. Um, so I would copy everything that she would paint. And um, sometimes she would have, like, she'd finish a painting and then put it up on the wall. And then I would take my like, canvas and bring it over and try to copy it exactly the way that she had painted her painting. Um, So that was fun. And then I remember my dad had a printing business at the time and he used to always take me to work with him. Like he'd pick me up after school and take me to work with him and taught me how to use Photoshop when I was like
2: very, very young.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And like had me help him with like getting things ready to export for print and, you know, things like that. So as a young, as a, a, at a young age, I learned how to like use the computer and be kind of hands-on with my dad. And, and then was just always in that creative space of, you know, they always encouraged me to um, use my creativity um, because like my whole family, I come from a family of just like artists and my dad owned galleries in Iran.
0: Oh, my goodness. So creative design is in your DNA, basically.
2: Yes, I believe yeah. so. <laughs> what well, an so amazing cool. story. I mean, you know, Nighty and I are immigrants as well, and yeah. the story of coming to America. Um, you, you know, I think every immigrant has their story, but, I mean, it's amazing. And like you said, it is divine intervention. You've chosen in a, in a big crowd, you and your mom, and you came here. And, and I think... You know what do you, I want to ask because just you said there was so much that you shared with us. An only child,
1: mm-hmm. you
2: had to be creative. Uh, you were creative. Your creative outlets. Your parents influenced you. Your your mom and dad were entrepreneurs, and at a young age, you 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 saw um, how they worked. What are some of the values you think? You got at such a young age um, that led to where you are today?
1: Yeah, I think one of the values I got is to never compromise like who you are. um, And to really, um, I think it was ingrained in me to like to appreciate the gifts that I was given and to utilize them. So not try to be someone that I'm not. So authenticity was a huge value, like in my yeah, in my household, um, to just be authentic and, and, and be who you are, because, you know, in our in Persian culture, it's like, either you're a doctor, engineer, or a lawyer, those are the only <laughs> things that are acceptable.
2: <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah, I think some other cultures will agree that yeah.
0: they, they're <laughs> with the same things. So like, a lot of the Middle Eastern influence has that, you know, be absolutely. a doctor, be a lawyer or anything. And that's amazing to really, you know, follow your voice and your calling
2: but yeah. what a gift from your parents to say yeah we want you you're you're their only child and they're like no be authentic with the gifts that were given to you and yes. use those talents and and recognizing that at a young age is is amazing um what you share with us a little about our your professional background
1: professional background yeah absolutely so like i said i always love to draw paint all those things growing up and then Um, In college, I wanted to just study fine arts, like I thought I was just going to be a starving artist. And you know, that's it. And my dad was like, No, you know, you can't, you can't just be an artist, you have to make money, Um, use your creativity, but you have to somehow make money. And so I ended up taking a graphic design class in community college just to see if I even like it. And I absolutely fell in love with it. Mm -hmm. So I realized, okay, design is what I want to do. Um, And I loved marketing and I love to be a visionary. I just, for some reason, I think had the gift of seeing the future and like had just more of a visionary. Um, So I went to Cal State Long Beach and applied for their design program. And I didn't get in the first time, but the second try I did. Um, so went to school there for four years, and then out of school, so I studied visual communication and design, and then out of school, I worked for a company that did visual displays for Nikes and Adidas stores, um, so it was a pretty cool job straight out of college, and I'm surprised I even got that so fast, but so I learned a lot um, in that in that time in my life, I learned a lot about production work, and you know, not just designs and concepts, but more about like the hands-on stuff behind the scenes that we didn't learn in school. Um, so that was I needed those skills. So they were definitely necessary to learn production. Um, and then after that, I worked for an ad agency um, as a creative director and designer. Um, I was their lead designer and creative director. Um, for about a couple years. And then during 2009 or so was when the market, everything crashed and got laid off. And so mm-hmm. I decided, um, what am I going to do now? And I always wanted to have my own business, um, being a designer and having my own studio. Um, but I didn't have the confidence to, to do that on my own. And a really, really, really good friend of mine, I, I had a phone call with. He um, told me, "Hey, you know, this is this is one opportunity that you probably won't get back. So you need to take advantage of it um, because you can either go get another job and get mm-hmm. stuck there, or you can actually take a risk and see where it takes you. And if you fail, you can always go get a job." So. Um, so I took that advice and haven't looked back since. And so would
0: I, you say kind of like the universe conspired to push you out of your corporate career and onto what you always aspired to be?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it was exactly where I needed to be. I can't it's, even imagine being anywhere else.
0: So how was the transition, Miriam? I know that you know, it was the recession at the time. 2009 was a very difficult year for all of us who remember. Um, and, and you did take that leap of faith. You had a friend who encouraged you, but t- t- take us there. Tell us how that transition was. Was it difficult? How did you confront difficulties? You know, um, What was it when your company was small and you know, wasn't making money? How did you make ends meet? Yeah, share with us. Take us there. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So so when I got laid off, I was getting unemployment for a little while. So I kind of leveraged that in a way um, just to help me. And I started to design a website for myself. Um, I made some business cards. And I just started networking. Like I would go to every single networking event I can think of. Um, especially in the industries that I was excited about or that I wanted to work for. So I would show up um, with just business cards and I would dress up and you know, I would just get to know people mm-hmm. and like just you know relationships take you a long way, I believe. And so I would just meet people, get to know them. Um, and I started to get referrals just by meeting people everywhere I would go. Um, and so I started working and working, but I was working from home, so I didn't have an office or anything like that. And luckily I was living at my parents' house temporarily at that time. So I was able to save some money and just, you know, be able to take on freelance work as it came. And also I was still collecting unemployment. So it helped me a lot in that sense. Um, but then after about like six or seven months, I got a really good contract And it was more of an ongoing contract. So that really helped move me forward, um, I think. And from there, it was just referral after referral. And then finally after like, maybe it took me about, I would say three years um, before I was able to like, open up an office and open up a corporation. Cause at that time I was a sole proprietor and until um, when I finally opened up my office was when I was like, okay, I got to get more serious. And that's when I turned my business into an escort. Um, and then I've been doing that ever since. And I'm still in the same office.
2: <laughs> that's awesome. And you yeah. make this look sound very easy. But I, <laughs> I mean, I love it. You have <laughs> such a positive um, vibe. And uh, and you're so positive and positive. I, I would imagine that there were obstacles that you had to overcome, you know, just starting out, you're, you're, you just shared with us, you were living with your parents and, and yeah. you know, there was a financial instability, of course, in the beginning, like all businesses. What are, what's a, some of the other obstacles that you faced as an entrepreneur, as a female entrepreneur? Yeah. Um, and how did you overcome those?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot, <laughs> a lot of obstacles. But You say
2: it with a smile on your face. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm I just being positive, but man, it was, it was a lot. Um, just dealing with people that, you know, didn't see your worth, um, I think was a huge obstacle for me because I think I started to not understand what my worth was too, um, or think that I didn't know my worth because other people were telling, like wanting to pay me less for all the work that I was doing or just, um, I didn't feel appreciated a lot of times in my business. Um, because I, yeah, like I I felt like people were taking advantage because I was like on my own and a freelancer and I wasn't from a company. um, so I had to overcome the worth thing a lot and Mm -hmm. understand that, that I, that my work was worth a lot more than, you know, I was being compensated for at
2: that time. Um, And and that's something that we hear a lot, right? Yeah. Where where if it was a male doing the same thing, they would get paid more, right? Um, Not just the corporate world, but definitely we're talking about entrepreneurs now. And, and so how did you overcome that? Like, how did you get that strength? And, and to say, no, this is my value. This is the value I bring to the table. And, and I this
0: is what it. I'm going to charge. I'm not going to be afraid of charging up because yeah. that's what I'm worth. And that's the quality I'm bringing.
1: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it took a long time to, to make that transition. But I think a lot of times your personal and business go together
2: you know? Um,
1: so the more I worked on myself, the more I went to therapy, the more I started to just, I think really understand who I was. And, um, through therapy, I was able to like overcome being a people pleaser and, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to say no, like I couldn't say no before I would take on jobs that I really knew wasn't aligned with me and I shouldn't take on, but I would, I had a problem saying no. So I would always take every project that would come my way. And at that time, I kind of had to, you know, you had to pay your dues and you had to just take on whatever you can get because in my, my mindset was like, I'm just grateful that I can do this on my own. So any project that came, um, I would take it. But then I soon realized that it was kind of sucking my energy and it wasn't aligned with who I was. I wasn't getting compensated and it was um, affecting my self-worth So I think through therapy and really getting to to the root cause of some of the issues of my personal life, maybe growing up, like affect started to affect my work as well. So then I was able to stand up and say, no, I was able to have more confidence and I was able to, um, you know, just, I guess, be able to charge more and be okay with that. And like, know that this is the time and value that, you know, like my clients are getting and it's okay that I'm charging this much instead of feeling bad that I was char- I would always feel bad that I was charging a certain amount, you know, and so I had to get over that.
0: <laughs> and, <laughs> and the funny wow. thing is, once you do get over that, you see that once you start charging what you're worth and what quality you're bringing to the table, the client is there. Yes, right. Totally. So you're just elevating yourself to it, you're scaling up to a different level. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love how you talk about, you know, personal and business kind of go together. Because when you're an entrepreneur, you have your own business. You know, I was talking with Sarah about this a couple of days ago, actually, it's very difficult sometimes to pull away your personal life. And if you're not really taking care of yourself, you're not healthy or not balanced. That's definitely going to show in your business and in your company.
1: Yeah, hundred mm-hmm. percent. And that was another obstacle was there was no work life balance. You know, right. it was work, 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 work. Yeah. But yeah, as a woman, I was like deteriorating because there was no self love. There was oh no. Oh my god! Yeah. You're talking my language. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we both understand, right, Sarah? Yeah, definitely. Very much definitely. so. Yeah. 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 So, especially yeah. for women, and especially women who are also mothers, like you, Sarah. You know. It's it's the, to balance everything is truly an art to be learned.
2: It really yeah, is. it's it it is, and I, I don't know that you ever get it perfectly right. It's just one of those cycles, and you're learning and constantly reprioritizing. That's how I feel about mm-hmm. my you know work life balance. Um, but you said something, Mariam, that uh, you know you should be so proud of yourself. You said that it took you three years to get incorporated, escort, get your office, or whatever. I think that's magnificent. You did great. Um, But there was a passion and a vigor um, for you to get there. And, you know, where did that come from?
1: Gosh, I still ask myself that question <laughs> of like, where does that motivate driving force come from? But I do think it comes from my dad. Um, my dad has always been an entrepreneur. Um, and I think I got that side from him, like seeing him always like he was one of those alpha males that was always in charge, always a leader. And so I looked up to him and I spent a lot of time with him as a child like in his office, like helping him. So I think that I got that entrepreneur entrepreneurial spirit from my father. And so, um, but I was motivated to, I think I just like loved what I did, you know, mm. so that was motivating to me. And, um, and I loved to help people, um, and to, because I was a visionary, like I would see things. So it would bother me if someone had an awesome product and business, but then their branding was horrible, you know, it would just drive me nuts. So I think I was just so motivated um, to be able to, I guess, like help them and and make them understand the value of branding and design and how that affects people's psychology and mind and buying and selling and so it was, it was fun to, to do that. So I, that motivated me a lot. Um, and I just, I like being in my creative element. And so I, I never wanted to get another job. So I think that was a good motivator too <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to keep going. You That's know? awesome. So
0: Miriam, um, in two ta- 2010, you started Sia Brands, yes. right? a branding, creative design company. And I have to say, as you know, from the Avanti Woman, we're both very um, honored to be one of your clients and that the Avanti Woman, our logo, our branding is designed by Sia Brands. And uh, we love how, you know, you took our mission and what we wanted to see that woman with fire in her belly moving forward and it just came alive in your design. (laughs) know that we were both fascinated. So tell us about Sia Brands. What is it? How can people access your services? What's your philosophy? You've talked about that a little bit, but just take us to your company today.
1: Yeah. So Sia Brands is a boutique design studio in Orange County, California. Um, And I focus mostly on brand identity systems um, for small to medium-sized businesses, mostly wellness and lifestyle brands um, is my niche. Um, So anywhere from products to service-based companies that are lifestyle, um, I'm here to help. And so designing brand identity systems is basically like from start, from ground up, meaning like, you know. Coming up with a name for your business, um, designing the logo for your business, designing the overall color palette, typography, um, packaging design, or if there's products. Um, So it's almost like a whole design suite that you would get is like the whole overall look and feel of who you are as a company and um, what your values are and really defining who you are and how you look. To your audience and figuring out who your audience is, too. So, designing in a way that will attract your audience to you. Um, So, that is pretty much like the gist of what I do. Um, But we also offer website design and copywriting um, if need be. Um, But mostly, it's the brand identity platform that I offer to my clients. Um, And I'm sorry, what was the second? Oh, yeah. no, that's Okay.
0: That's, that's amazing. And you know, both Sarah and I can attest, you know, it's been wonderful working with you and I think okay. again, you've really you have really brought life into the Avanti woman through your branding and your design. and
2: vision. so Right, Sarah, do you Yes, 100% agree.
0: Absolutely. Has there been any times that, you know, again, we can attest going through the whole process of branding it took a while because you really put us through rigorous, you know, questionnaire and understanding who we are, right up, you know, doing write-ups of what our purpose is and how do we feel with this color, that color? What does that, you know, represent in our life? Has there been any times after that rigorous process that you say, I'm not gonna work with this client? It's just it's not a good match. Have you ever turned away people because it's not authentic? The union?
1: Yeah. I wish I could say yes, um, (laughs) but I I wasn't there yet. I think, I think I, before I get to the process of asking questions um, or going through my brand discovery, I kind of already know. So I use my intuition. Mm -hmm. Um, Like if it's one thing that I'm trying to stick to is like wellness and lifestyle, right? Like I'm trying to stick to that's my niche. So if it's something outside of that realm, then I know it's not going to be a good match already. So before I even get into a brand discovery phase, um, I will know like, okay, this isn't the right fit. So I turn people away in that sense. But there is a new offering um, service that I want to offer now, which Mm -hmm. is exactly what you're talking about. Um, So it's a first phase. So for someone that's not ready to commit to a full brand package yet, um, I do want to offer a brand strategy package Mm -hmm. where it is just the brand Um, questionnaire, and maybe a mood board so that they can get an overall feel of who they are as a brand um, and offer that as a service. And then that way, we can actually um, decide afterwards whether we want to work with each other and keep going further or not. So that's probably a a time where I can decide whether I want to work further. And
0: how can people reach out to you? Instagram, website, phone number, go ahead and...
1: Yeah, my website is SiaBrands.com or you can email me at Miriam at SiaBrands.com or my Instagram handle is at SiaBrands. So
2: either one.
0: Beautiful. Um, go ahead, Sarah.
2: So I was going to say, Mario, what is your one advice you give to ladies who want to uh, take that leap of faith and become an entrepreneur?
1: One advice I would give,
2: Um, I would
1: say there's never a right time, so just go for it and fake it till you make it. (laughs) So true. You know, just go for it because sometimes when you overthink things too much, or you try to plan everything out perfectly, you never do it. So it's, right. I would say just start, you know, like, without having a plan without just start, like, sometimes that's all you need to do. Because starting gives you momentum, right? Um, so then other things will fall into place. When just one step at a time, right? One step at a time. Yeah, it doesn't have to be every like most of the successful businesses I know like didn't start out knowing everything up front you know it was just starting in their garage or starting in their in their home and maybe they had a product that they really wanted to sell and they started out with one product to sell to their friends and family and then you know here who knows, like where that can take you, you know, later.
0: But. Yeah, that's very well said, Mariam. It's, it's been an honor to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Thank and you. we had we had a really good time learning from you learning from your story. And we can't wait to have you on again in the future. Sarah, would you like to say any last minute?
2: I loved it. I love hearing all about your experience from coming to the United States all the way to becoming a young, successful entrepreneur, and the positive um, uh, the positivity around it. So thank you very much for sharing that yeah. with us.
0: And I, I just have to say this too, I read a little bit about you and some of the things that you have on the internet is, you know, she talks about how she loves to sip on green tea, listen to music travel, uh, learn about the world yoga, teaching dance adventuring venturing in the wilderness, exploring the best places to you know, to have a meal. And I think this this wholesomeness, this energy that you have in your personal life, we both see it today. Oh, yeah. it really emanates into your career in your corporate life. And it's just beautiful. It's it's this unspoken ease that there is about you that actually really, you know, cascades. Birth, yeah, right? absolutely. So again, thank you so much. And thank you everyone for tuning in. I'd like to end with one statement from Maryam Sia. She says, authenticity is my highest value being connected to who I really am. I strive to inspire and venture to be inspired. That's beautiful. Beautiful. With that, have a wonderful day. And thanks for tuning in. Follow us on Instagram, on YouTube, and all uh, Apple podcast streaming channels at the Avanti Woman. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks so Bye. much. Bye, guys.
0: Thank you for joining us today. For more engagement, you can find us at the Avanti Woman on all social and media platforms. Follow us on Instagram. Join our community group on Facebook to chat, Subscribe to our YouTube for our latest videos. You can rate us five stars on Spotify and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for helping us reach even more Avanti women just like you.